0: I'm Lachlan Nicholson, and this is Mind Over Money, presented by Waymaker. G'day, Archie. G'day, Lachlan. Today is Q&A day, where we answer your money questions uh, to the best that we can, being a podcast. Okay, so Archie, let's jump into it.
1: Yeah, sounds great.
0: Okay, first question is, what is the fastest way to grow my income? This is an anonymous question. I would say that'd be winning the lottery, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Actually, I, I read, I read this in a book recently where this young guy, he actually looked up where, where it was that he could earn the most money in his early twenties. And guess where he found out it was? It was in Western Australia. Hey, there we go. So, so he was, he was coming from America to Western Australia he was getting paid a huge amount of money, um, but he specifically went after it, like looked at where to get that job, how to get that job, and in the end, he never did it because he realized it was going to destroy his lifestyle and you know his family, and yeah, it wasn't actually what he wanted. Yeah, sleeping on an oil rig would be too much fun,
0: <laughs> <laughs> unless you really like those kind of projects. You find them interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But coming back to that question, what is the fastest way to grow your income? Well, right now, we've got low unemployment and there's a lot of competition for jobs. So I guess one way is to switch your jobs. If you're in a job that is highly competitive, you could change companies. Uh, You could Mm. even transition to a different industry with relevant skills. But for everyone who doesn't want to quit their job right now um, or simply can't change their job, I think the better question here is not actually what is the fastest way to grow our income. The better question is what is the best way to grow, grow our income over the long time? And over the long term, that's actually investing. And no matter mm. what job you have right now, you can actually take a little bit of money and invest it over the long term and generate a lot of money yeah. through investing and generate money that will, will actually outlast even when you stop working. Yeah. And that's something that we can all do. And so I, mm. I think that's actually the better question is, is not looking for that, that quick fix of the pay rise now, but what can we actually do with the income that we have yeah. no matter what job we're in and what can we do with that income over time to get the biggest results?
1: Yeah, well, I'd, I'd agree with that, absolutely. Uh, when, you, when you see how well people are off when they've stayed in a stable job, stable home and kept investing, they have just killing mm. it. Uh, compared yeah. to people who are just focused on income, uh, because that income will stop one day, and then what have you got?
0: And, mm, yeah. and that's
1: often that's often where we get you know get caught out is that we can chase that income, uh, which means we're going to pay a hell of a lot of tax as well, <laughs> which is another question <laughs> further down. Uh, you know, so it, it may not actually achieve what you want to achieve. So you've got to have a good look at that.
0: Okay, second question, and this is on the same topic of career and investing. Troy asks, what are some easy habits and ways for new starters in the workforce, he's thinking about apprentices
1: and trainees here, to start investing? Yeah, this is a great question. Thanks, Troy. Uh, Love your thinking. So I'd always say the first thing to look at here would be looking at putting money into super. Because one, you can use the super saver scheme to actually draw money back out to use as a house deposit. So that's extra money that you put into super. And then two, if you don't need that money down the track, you've set your super up for a massive win and and you've actually secured yeah. your retirement income just by doing that alone. Mm. And just, just to give you an idea of that, is that people who pay extra into their super starting early, say say somewhere around the 15 to 20 mark, uh, years of age, they get to age 30 and they, they could have 200,000 in super. Whereas the person who starts at say 25, they, they get to 30 and they've only got maybe 20,000 to 50,000 in super. So So the young person starting early can really get a big head start because they're getting that multiplication effect a lot quicker and a lot earlier. And then down the track, they don't have to put extra into super. That's when they're putting that money into their kids, into their kids' education, uh, into going on holidays. You know, it just frees them up. So uh, the, o- the other thing here is, you know, don't, don't get a car loan. Uh, you know, one of the first things uh, I think uh, a lot of, lot of young people do think about doing is going out and getting a car loan and buying this fantastic car. Uh, but, but the thing here is that you could actually start investing to use that investment to pay for cars. And this will put you millions of dollars in front. Again, it will secure your income so that you've got more money throughout the rest of your life. And especially down the track when you're having kids or family or, you know, holidays or want to cut back on your work, uh, you're going to have that money there to do that. So, so that's another good way to go. It does surprise me when
0: I see a, an apprentice going out and buying a $50,000 Hilux on a $40,000 income. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And look, for, for young people, the hardest thing for them to comprehend is everything starts small. And so you start with this really small investment. And you, you know, you're throwing uh, maybe 50 bucks or 100 bucks mm. a week into this investment. And, and you look at it at the end of the year and you go, oh, this isn't worth anything. And so you go and spend it. But what you've got to look at is that's a seed and it's never going to stop growing. Mm. So so, whatever you have got it, you know, if it's hundred bucks a week, you got five thousand at the end of the year. That five thousand is going to go on and produce millions of dollars. But you've got to let it stay there. That that's the key to investing. And so you never look at you never look at your seed and go, oh, that's pretty crappy. You look at your seed and you go, wow, you are going to produce so much for me. That's that's the sort of mindset you have got to have because mm. uh, yeah. there's going to be a massive harvest time throughout your life. Love that.
0: Um, Pete asks, other than the help to buy first homeowner scheme, scheme, um, I believe that's the equity scheme, which has a very low threshold for income. Uh, are there any other schemes out there for families on
1: higher incomes to help them buy their first home? Yeah, this is a great question. Love this one. So there's two worth mentioning here. So you've got the first home guarantee, which allows you to buy a home on uh, as little as 5% deposit. And if you're a, if you're a single, single mum or single dad, you can even get by with a 2% deposit. Mm. Yeah, that this puts you in a great position to, yeah, save some money and get in and actually buy a home, get out of that rent cycle and get, get ahead there. Yeah. Uh, the other scheme, which is really great, is the First Home Super Saver Scheme. And so this allows you to actually, if you're on a higher income, this really allows you to save, save a fair bit of money through, through the tax system. And so that increases how much money you're actually saving towards your deposit. So you can end up saving a deposit in six to 12 months uh, instead of taking two or three years. Mm. And if you couple this with the first one that we just talked about, you know, you can really get into a home very quick. Mm. Double dip. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Double dip. (laughs) It's amazing what our members have achieved
0: when they really get focused on saving for a home. When they make it a short-term goal, like a six or 12-month goal, and they get hyper-focused, you know, all that extra surplus, the tax return, all goes towards the home. They start selling junk around the house. (laughs) Sell junk. Sell the dog. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sell the dog. (laughs) And then, yeah, after six or 12 months, they've done the hard yards, they've got into their home, and they're happy. And we just love that. We love seeing that all the time at Waymaker. Uh, what our members can achieve. It's really encouraging.
1: Yeah. And we've got to realise we're not real great at long-term things. So unless there's someone there to help us, you know, we're going to keep putting it off. Mm, Yeah. So that's that's the advantage of getting someone on board to help you out.
0: Mm. Okay, next question. This is about the First Home Super Saver Scheme. If they're getting extra contributions made by their employer beyond the 11%, I think this is a government worker, um, would that be considered separate from the standard, and thus would that be withdrawable using this scheme, or is it only extra contributions that you make yourself that counts
1: towards this? Yeah, look, the the easiest way to answer that question is jump onto MyGov, and and go in and actually have a look because the ATO have got it all set out there uh, under the. As long as your ATO is linked up to your MyGov, you can go into your Super and you can do an assessment to see how much money might be actually available because generally it's whatever the employer's putting in that gets locked away. Mm, all right. Yeah. And it's the extra that you're putting in that becomes available for the first home super saver scheme. Right. So
0: the best way to check that then would be uh, listener to jump onto the ATO through MyGov and do a yep. determination through the ATO to see if there's
1: funds already in there that you can put towards the scheme. Yeah. Yep. Quite often for a lot of government employees that have been paying an extra 5% to get the employer to pay the extra 2% on their super, that 5% is actually sitting there and available for the first home super saver scheme. That extra money that they've been putting in themselves. So for a lot of our government employees, yeah, they've already been putting the extra in and it's already available. Awesome.
0: Yeah, great. Um, next question. A friend asks, other than super contributions, what other ways are there to save on tax if you're on a very large income?
1: Mmm, Archie. Yeah. My, my my answer to this is wrong question. <laughs> 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 yeah, if we focus on tax, then we miss out on what we're actually doing with our money. And and we gotta look at the long term you know, the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, mm. uh, 40 years out, because our our circumstances are going to change. Quite often with tax, all we're doing is kicking the can down the road. So we might be saving a few dollars on tax now by, by say, doing some negative gearing. When we sell that investment down the track, we get hit with capital gains tax. Uh, plus we have to pay tax on all the tax that we didn't pay. Mm. So... <laughs> The government can really catch you here. (laughs) Yeah. One I
0: see often is um, people will salary sacrifice a car and they'll actually lease that car in order to save money on tax, but then that car might be a luxury car. And so they get hit with the luxury car tax in the cost of the vehicle anyway. Uh, So it doesn't, they don't really save much. In fact, they just end up paying more for a car over time.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I really hate those, those salary sacrifice cars. Uh, because one you're buying a car that you probably don't need and again you you can be just throwing your money away quite often see that's often what I see with with people trying to save on tax is you end up throwing your money away and and that's mm. what you don't want to do you want to actually use utilize your money in the best way you possibly can and quite often that means you're going to have to get some professional advice that may not be your tax accountant because if you go to a tax accountant and say, hey I want to save money on tax well that's what they're going to give you. They're going to give you ways of saving money on tax. They're not going to give you ways of investing or getting ahead, you know, or building your wealth. It, they're just going to focus on how to save on tax. Mm, by, by spending money to save. Yeah, yeah. That's what will happen. Yeah. So years ago, I had I had someone that, you know, I was they were saying, oh, how can I save some money on tax? And I was looking at their situation from a financial planning point of view and in their situation, the best thing they could have done was put money into super. And I, and that's what I recommended to them in an advice document, of course. What they ended up doing was going to their accountant and the accountant said, no, no, go buy a car. So they went and bought a car and five years down the track, they were a hundred thousand dollars poorer. And so was their super. And if they had to put that money into super, they would have made millions out of it. But they got caught with the, uh, oh, yeah, do the car. The car's going to save you all this money on tax. And all he did was kick the can down the road. He didn't save any money on tax. <laughs> and and he just he just lost $100,000 in the process. So that's the sort of stuff you want to avoid mm, is getting yeah, caught up in yeah. these, in this thinking, in this, you know, schemes and stuff that are actually just money wasters. And time wasters. And, and look, there's, there's some limited structures that are available that can really help you save a lot of money on tax. But quite often, those structures aren't going to give you those tax savings for another 20 or 30 years. Mm, yeah. so, so again, it's always long-term. You know, Our thinking has to be long-term because that's where we're actually going to make the money.
0: Mm, yeah, I agree. Uh, next question. Luke asks, uh, is there a good way to prepare for kids' private education fees? Are there any government incentives? Um, I don't think there are any government incentives right now. I I think other than the fact the government does give out a lot of money to private schools to subsidize them. Um, I guess in terms of saving towards education fees, you've got three or four ways. Uh, The first way would be to have a high interest savings account. The second way would be to use a mortgage offset account. And the third kind of way would be an investment account to invest. Um, but there, you know, there's a lot of questions around school uh, and saving for school and where you send your kids to school. So I think it's a great question, a, a question to be having now with um, your partner or spouse to get ready for when school, kids go to school in five, six, seven years' time. Because um, uh, there are a lot, lots and lots of opportunities right now to change your finances and change what you're doing
1: to get ready for that um, beyond just saving for school fees. Hey, um, you, you got three ways there. I would have added a fourth way, which was pay off your house. Mm, yeah, buy a house <laughs> and pay it off. <laughs> because you get rid of that, you yeah. get rid of that mortgage, and then you got money for your kids' education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you leave that mortgage in place uh, for the next thirty years, yeah, you know, you're going to struggle with having money for your kids' education. So that's always my recommendation. First up is get the mortgage, get rid of the mortgage, um, and get rid of the rent. <laughs> Because so, between rent and mortgage, mm. that's a huge chunk of money that's going out of your cash flow uh, that could be used for private schooling. Mm.
0: And it could be that you buy where you are now, um, so you might buy a smaller home uh, because you can afford where you're mm. living currently, and you pay that home off really quickly. And then when it comes time to go to school, you go and rent nearby the school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So again, you've got to look at this over that longer term period. So we're looking at 5, 10, 15, 20 years and how are we going to put this thing together? How are we going to manage the cash flow? And it's not something that we can probably answer on a podcast because you've got to look at your cash flow and you've got to look at where you're going to be over those periods of time. And you really got to work that through with your spouse as to what you're going to do to get there Uh, because you're going to have to make some choices. You know, you're going to have to put money away. Or, you know, sacrifice something. So this is what life's all about, is what choices are we going to make? Yeah. You know, what what things are we going to change to to achieve what we want to achieve? And we've got plenty of, of, uh, you know, research showing that people are very stressed out now because they're not living to their values.
0: Yeah. And so
1: because they're not working through how they want to do things. And, uh, uh, you know, the classic... That I've seen in the past was, you know, there was a guy that moved from Sydney with his whole family to Byron Bay, and uh, to to send him to a, a school that they had at Byron Bay, a special school that that he wanted to send his kids to, but the only way he could afford it was to have a job in Brisbane with a big company. So he had to drive, I think it was two two to three hours a day each way Whoa. to get to Brisbane to work <laughs> and back home again, uh, and that's that that's how he did it. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. So that was a massive commitment. And I was so I was so worried that he was gonna get cleaned up on the road because he was spending so much time on the road. Uh but again, our truck drivers do spend a lot of time on the road and uh they come through okay. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all our truckies. Mm.
0: Okay, uh next question. I don't know if this is really a question, but someone on social media said I like Tim is on the podcast. He is fun. <laughs> well, good news because Tim will be on the podcast a lot more. <laughs> there we yeah, go. <laughs> I,
1: I, I love having Tim on the podcast as well. He's good fun. Yeah, me too. I,
0: I think Tim might have submitted this question. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Tim. All right. Last question. Tom asks, what do you mean when you say helping Australians have finances that work? If you don't know, that's our tagline for Waymaker and this podcast. That is a great
1: question, and I think that's a good one to finish on. Take it away, Archie. (laughs) Okay, so helping Australians have finances that work. We've got so much good opportunity here in Australia to have great finances, no matter what our income, no matter what our circumstances there, there's there's plenty of opportunities, plenty of stuff that we can do to make our finances work. But also, and the reason we say that is because the products that are being produced and put out there, they're not necessarily designed for us to win.
0: Mm. So
1: most products that are available to people, financial products, are, are there to make a company win. So they're they're there for the bank to win. Uh, because, you know, the bank has to win to stay in business. So, <laughs> so, and they're producing products, you know, that suit what they're doing. So, you know, we don't want to get caught up in thinking that, you know, this, this organization has my best interest at heart and, and they know my situation. No, they're just selling a product. And and they're selling a product that's popular that people want. Mm, yeah. So so we can go out and we can do all sorts of things and think that we're putting ourselves in a good financial position because we're utilizing, you know, big companies and, and the products that they provide. But it's not actually making our finances work. Mm. So to make our finances work, it's what's our goals? What do we want to achieve? You know, what's our next five years look like? Our next 10 years look like? and how are we going to get there? Yeah. How are we going to make our money actually work for us? And and how are we going to get past all this noise, you know, all the noise and the marketing because the marketing's fantastic. Like, I love watching Gruen because you see how good the marketing is and you realize, yeah, that's what I'm getting caught up in. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, there's a great. lot of very smart <laughs> people doing a lot of stuff to make sure that we spend our money where they want us to spend our money. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> so, so so, this is all about taking control of your money. That That's what we're doing here. Helping Australians have finances at work, that means taking control of your money and achieving your values, your plan, mm, uh, yeah. making sure that you and your family know exactly what you're doing and how you're getting there. Yeah. And take the kids on the journey. The kids love this sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, to know what's happening in the family, what, where, where the family's going. They, they love it. And you can teach them about money and teach them about, you know, what, what your values are and, and they'll get right into it with you. And sometimes you need that third voice or fourth voice saying, hey, what are you doing that for, Dad? Or, what are you doing that for, Mum? <laughs> 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 That's not our value. are <laughs> uh, <it gets> great. <laughs> yeah, they're, re- they're very good at that. <laughs> sure are. Ah,
0: great question, Tom. Well, uh, thanks everyone uh, for sending in your questions and we really appreciate them. So keep sending them in. We'll do one of these episodes every month or two. Uh, You can use the link in the show notes or email them to us. Thanks everyone for listening to Mind Over Money, the podcast that helps Australians have finances at work. You now know what that means. Share this episode with a friend and give us a rating wherever you're listening. And we hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you again soon thanks archie and uh safe travels tonight to taipei hope you have a great trip
1: thanks bye yeah looking forward to seeing our granddaughter sophie uh, shout out to sophie
0: <laughs> hey sophie i'm sure she's listening to this in a few years time <laughs> all right enjoy your time mate we'll chat to you when you're back Okay, everyone, this podcast is for education purposes only. It's not financial advice. So remember, if you'd like to talk to someone about your personal finances, including your home loan, head to waymakerpodcast.com.au to connect with one of our wealth partners.
1: They can help you out. See ya. Thanks, Lockie. Thanks, everyone.